Hi there, it's Peter Bassler from ESEC Lending coming to you from Westport, Connecticut. I'm joined by my frequent um, attendees, Jim Maroney from Dartmouth, Mass, and Brooke Gilman from beautiful Lake Champlain. Uh, both of them today have Zoom backgrounds up with be you know beautiful scenes of water and things like that. Unfortunately, mine is just my home office because I'm more serious than these guys. But anyway, <laughs> nice to see you guys. Um, and I guess today we want to talk about why, why we're optimistic. You know, we see short conviction coming back after years of tepid demand. So I think that's good news for everyone in our space while we're all sitting here in a challenging time. I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that and give you some, some insights on why, why we think that's true. So Jim, talk to me. What's, uh, what are you seeing from your seat? Yeah, so sh short conviction, um is probably overstating it, but it's definitely why we're optimistic. We, it's not here yet. Um, we're starting to see it um, in certain sectors. You're seeing it uh, in certain pieces of certain sectors. So airlines, for instance, are um, starting to get expensive to borrow. The amount of shares on loan in the market has uh, doubled in some of those cases. Um, and, and that means more shorts. And so that's good, I think. Um, the market in general is uh, a little um, hesitant to jump in on the short side, despite um, having that conviction. So uh, it'll happen. I think once um, government is um, fully into the market and the participants can understand where uh, support is going to be applied and where it isn't, uh, who the winners and losers are going to be, which a month ago, I thought it might have been further along today than it is, but we're definitely headed in that direction. Um, I've been looking at return to lendable numbers um, for the market in general, and then specifically for a handful of sectors and, um, and core short names, and everything's on the upward trend. So it um, feels a lot like a days of old in securities lending. We're still return to lendable down in the three, four, five basis points, not the seven, eight, nine that we saw 10 years ago, but um, trending in the, in the right direction for sure. Um, I think it'll just take some time to play out. You see it in, in the news every day uh, where one particular headline on two different days can drive the market one up and one down, which is pretty ridiculous, but it also shows you that um, nobody really has good conviction one way or the other just yet. Uh, and there's two camps forming, the bulls and the bears, and it's really hard um, to disprove the bull case without some time. And uh, that, so once we have time and um, this pandemic um, evolves and probably boomerangs at some point after we, uh, the U.S. starts to open up, um, then you'll disprove that bull case a little bit and then suddenly you'll see the conviction jump in. So um, pretty optimistic. I think uh, it's an interesting time being kind of mid-spring here. We're right at the precipice of our busy time when auctions start happening um, for U.S. assets for the most part. Um, June is a very busy month for us. And so um, those auctions will tell us a lot um, because it's, it's, um, it is a look into prime broker view for the next year and um, what they think business will do up, down, sideways. And um, again, so it'll either uh, disprove or support our theory that um, it's an optimistic time for securities lending. What, what other sectors, Jim, are you, are you looking at specifically? What, uh, tell, us, tell us some stories about, you know, where we're seeing things kind of start to shift. Yeah, the airlines is definitely one. 
And so the bad balance sheets have gotten hit harder for quick, quickly. And some of the American Airlines and UAL uh, are trading very special, but JetBlue and Delta are still GC, but um, a lot on loan. So um, a natural place to start would be there. The cruise lines obviously are difficult to borrow. Um, any of the hospitalities, energy, um, there's a, a lot of juice in the energy names. Um, the, and then if spots that were special prior to the pandemic remain special. So um, the, the one trick ponies, um, Smile Direct comes to mind as I was looking at it this morning, trading at uh, more than, uh, you know, neg 100 rebate rate pretty consistently. And so, you know, we were just saying we were prepping for this call and I've got um, friends who are dentists and they're out of work. And so Smile Direct can't be doing that well, I would think. So those sorts of names are going to um, gonna be punished, I think. And um, to the extent that they come out on the other side um, without a Chapter 11, then, um, then maybe long holders just make a ton of money lending this, the stock out and it rallies. And um, it's a win-win for everybody but the hedge funds at that point. And so, Jim, with all the auctions that we have upcoming, and you're right, we have a lot of U.S. equity activity, but, but also, you know, asset classes outside of the U.S. market mm. um, and even some fixed income supply coming to the market. Um, do you, you know, how do you sort of see brokers maybe um, taking views across the different asset classes and markets? Do you sort of have any view as to whether they might have more conviction and uh, a view of on the U.S. market versus, you know, some of the international markets at this point. Um, yep, I think uh, U.S. market for sure. The the approach this season, uh, I would think, is more focused on intrinsic value um, than it has been in recent history. Recent history has shown that um, the borrowers are looking at it's it's almost a consistent. The intrinsic value is known, and then what else is there? Well, there's some GC value based on. Um, collateral and, and how expanded your collateral set might be um, or in different ways that they could use a portfolio um, to extract or monetize it. Um, now they're really looking at how do they support their clients from a borrow standpoint uh, in the U.S. I think that also applies in Asia, in Europe. Um, dividends are in question as well as uh, some short sell bans that are kind of hanging around longer than we had hoped. So I think there, um, there's a bit more question. And so anxious to see those auctions um, to give me more insight into what they're thinking from a, um, from a go forward perspective. And then on the credit side, you mentioned fixed income. I'm uh, really excited to see the high yield um, activity, uh, auction activity uh, come to market because it's credit is something that's getting a lot of support from the US government um, and um, it's working. Um, so it's a, it's a new avenue for the Fed to support the markets by buying high yield. And I think the success they've had early on here might be looked at globally as a new way, a new tool in the toolbox, if you will, for a Fed um, to kind of support their market. And so if that, if other governments say, hey, this is a good way to do it, let's support bonds, it might be a different perspective on credits and uh, credit funds um, buying high yield portfolios or borrowing high yield securities. So um, more downside risk there than you have on the upside risk in looking at equities in the U.S. and uh, Asia. And collateral. So when the um, volatility sort of first hit and the market problems first started, I know in March, 
Um, you guys saw a lot of equity collateral uh, leave um, and sort of, you know, return to cash and just because of availability of, of equity collateral mm -hmm. and with decreasing market values and, and whatnot. Do you, has that already sort of righted itself or do you see that as a longer term um, uh, theme? And if so, you know, what do you think in terms of, again, our, our view on auctions and what types of collateral um, dealers might be preferring? Has it sort of gone back to what we had been expecting or? Yep. Uh, so the, the first part of the question is, has it righted itself um, a little bit? We did see equity collateral come back uh, as the market rallied. Um, but interestingly, taking a step back this week um, and the beginning of it was a 2% drop, I think on Monday. All my days feel the same, but I think it was Monday. Uh, and on that day, a lot of the color we got from the borrowers were uh, they were constrained on the collateral side and didn't have any equity collateral on, a, on only a 2% move, which is really tight. So uh, it started to write itself, but I don't think it is. I think in terms of collateral preference, off balance sheet is still a preference for borrowers. So whether it's um, non-cash in the form of gubby debt or equities, either uh, is good. I think on a go forward basis, if um, something our clients should think about is collateral flexibility, having an entire menu available allows a borrower the flexibility to come in and out um, depending on, on what, um, uh, what would be cheapest to deliver from their perspective on the collateral side. And what we found recently is if you were non-cash only in this recent environment, cash has been, uh, has been the collateral preference we've been able to uh, just because of where the yields are and where the cost of money in OBFR is. So um, if you can easily um, be fungible between cash and, um, and bond debt as collateral and equity as collateral, uh, I think you'd do best. So I still think you know, through the auction season, um, a nice mix of cash and non-cash is the best way to go as opposed to one or the other. Yeah. And what about, um, you just sort of there were speaking a bit about, you know, preference of of cash and, and yield opportunity. Um, but can you talk to us a little bit, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago, you were talking about GC balances and sort of, you know, generally where um, GC was trading in the market. Um, can you talk about how that's evolved over the past couple of weeks? Yep. Um, sure. It's, it's um, the cost to lend equities versus U.S. dollars uh, got very expensive around quarter end um, and then began to cheapen up, but it still remains at a different level, at a different core level than it was a year ago or even two months ago. Um, and, and that's purely a function of um, yields still uh, remaining significantly higher than they are historically relative to the cost of funds. And so uh, it is slowly coming down as we watch uh, LIBOR collapse a little bit day after day after day. The prime funds, if you look at those, are government funds uh, in the money market space, continually bleed yield every day, um, but not at the rate um, that that trade's going to go away. So I think for the foreseeable future, call that a couple more, two, three more months, um, cash will still be king um, for GC trades. Um, but that it will normalize, I would, I would guess, by the fourth quarter um, and get back to um, kind of balance sheet management and non-cash being the preference for borrowers. Right. Great. Thanks. Great. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate that. Um, and anyone who's listening, I have an important question. I had an idea for a podcast that was shot down by my friends, Burke and Jim. And so anyone listening that wants to provide some feedback, I'm, I'm going to appeal to you directly. 
So I had the idea that it might be interesting to talk about data and securities lending. And I know data can sometimes be painfully boring, but I was going to talk about as it relates to trading tools, benchmarking, and the way we all use it today to get better returns, to prove performance, and talk about kind of the pitfalls and the opportunities there. So because my own colleagues didn't support that, I thought I'd appeal to the audience. So <laughs> wants to come, come back on this to prove. I said we could do it. I just didn't think it was the right topic for today, but okay. That's all right. If you want to try to gain support elsewhere, go ahead. I'm happy to be out, out uh, voted. A lot of different perspectives here at ESEC Lending. Not always agreeing. I guess that's a good thing. But Absolutely. anyway, thanks, thanks for tuning it's how, in. It's how we best function sometimes. That's right. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back soon. And uh, let us know your thoughts. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Peter. Great. Bye, guys.